0: Welcome to Eavesdrop. We are excited you are joining our show. My name is Jenny, and I'd like to introduce my friend Heather. Hello. How are you? good today. How are you? Thanks. Doing well. We want to invite you to eavesdrop on our conversation about life, about relationships, about family. And all in all, what we want to do is everything that we do, glorify and honor God. So we're going to invite you in a part of our conversation today. And one of the things that we have been talking about that have just been part of our lives is... um, Mom's Day is coming up, uh, something we get to celebrate and look forward to. And we've been talking about um, relationships and about uh, voices and uh, voices that have influenced our lives. Our moms, specifically, as one that have had some powerful impacts in our lives. Um, we were talking a little while ago about um, our moms and the things that we used to hear and listen as growing up and the influences they had in our lives. Um, Heather, do you remember talking about um, the things your mom used to say about um, um, about what you would wear or different things about being that perfect oh, yes. one?
1: Oh, yes. I remember growing up, um, you know, I'm an only child. So when I got ready to go places, I was a direct reflection of my mother. Oh. So I wore approved clothing. It was ironed. Um, my shoes were always white. Everything had to be a certain way. And the funny part was, I actually grew to love the way my mother dressed me. Mm -hmm. I very rarely had anything that um, was a print, because prints go out of style. So I learned how to dress very classically. Really? I typically wear solids. You can mix and match solids, and you just buy a classic piece. And then as the trends come by, you buy some accessories that are trendy. So it was kind of a neat thing that my mother taught me. But in the very beginning, I really wanted to rebel against it, because, you know, all my friends had all these... 80s, crazy neon clothing.
0: Did you get a say in what you wore? Uh, I
1: think when I was probably about 14 or 15, I did. Yeah. About 14 or 15.
0: My mom made our clothes. She sewed. We made a lot. She made a lot of clothes. And so we did the prints. That was the big thing about... She had liked to get the prints and mix and have the matches of the dip. Yeah, I know. You're yeah. looking at me like, no, that ain't no,
1: <laughs> no, we did not do prints in my family.
0: <laughs> oh, the prints are one of those things, especially when you see it out now and you see those women that have those um prints that are on, and you're like, where did those come from? Because now we can look at them and what could look down, <laughs> and you can pick out exactly what year they were in, you can pick out the the
1: little trends that were going on. And my mother really frowned down upon that she loved classic Mm -hmm. so you can look at pictures of me growing up and you have really no context of you know if you were in 82 or 89 whereas you would know if you saw bangle bracelets or if you saw really big hair you would know
0: yeah well that's when you see people out now you can sit there and you have that special bond all you have to look them in the eyes like oh you were a child of the 80s yeah yeah bonded immediately (laughs) big hair
1: and and guitar bands
0: Oh, and especially if a song comes on and then you look around and you're the only one or well, you're not the only one singing that song and you see somebody else kind of nodding to it. You're like, oh, yeah, they were a child of the 80s. They were all in it and stuff like that. Do you do that with your kids? Pick out their clothes?
1: Um, I try. We have days of the week where I'll say. Today, you need to dress appropriately.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And they know exactly what that means. And there will be an argument if they do not heed to exactly what that means. For instance, they wanted to come listen to the show being taped today. Mm-hmm. So they had to be ready at a certain time, of which they were not. And Which I is always them, the case. Absolutely. <laughs> and I told them to dress appropriately. And one of them tries to go to the car in a pair of boots. Okay, we're in May in Alabama in a pair of boots.
0: Jeans, the Ugg boots?
1: Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Thick winter boots, um, gray pants, and a coral cami, like spaghetti strap cami. How is this appropriate? (laughs) There's not one piece of those three items that should all go together.
0: Which, I mean, you know, and, and, and I have one that ends up having, like, the sweater on with the boots, too, like you said. And then she's in a jean mini skirt, and it's like, you're going to burn up, but I look cute. Well, your definition of cute is not my definition of cute, and I run this show here. Which I think that comes from my mother. Um, Yeah.
1: I remember, do you remember the Huxtables on the Bill Cosby show?
0: yes, my favorite. Oh, my gosh, one of my favorites. I loved
1: that show, and I can remember watching the the relationship and the banter almost between... you know bill cosby dr huxtable and his wife claire mm-hmm. and you know he was an, a doctor and she was an attorney and the the play between the two of them but i remember one time one of the daughters probably lisa Bonet, because you know she was always pushing the yeah. limits yeah she refused to wear an outfit that her mother told her she oh, was gonna wear i
0: remember that episode and,
1: and the mother's response was i brought you into this world i can take, I take you out, out. And, and how I many thought, times did you hear that And from that point, that was just a really good um, subtitle Mm -hmm. (laughs) or a tag, like a marketing tag underneath my mother, because that was really what it was. She brought me into this world and she could take me out. Mm -hmm. She held every bit of control in my life Mm -hmm. and she got me where I needed to be. She took care of every detail. So I think without ever saying a word about it, my mom held a very high place in my life. Mm-hmm. She spoke truth into my life. Mm-hmm. She gave me incredible insight. I mean, just the little things she taught me about dressing, yeah. about um, making sure that, you know, your house looked a certain way, oh, doing yeah. your best at all times because you never knew who was going to be looking at what time. And if they made a snapshot judgment of your life based on that performance alone, what they would think of you. So, yeah. I mean, she taught me so many good things. hmm that I think she just did it kind of like that was the side dish but that side dish is more than a lot of people I think today get as the main course you know
0: and it's and it and similar you and I've had conversations our mothers even though we've lived apart in different states our mothers represented a lot of similar Things with both of us. Mm -hmm. My mom was the same way. She ran the house with dad having gone to work, but she ran the house. Dinner was cooked at a certain time. The house was cleaned at a certain time. We all had responsibilities. We all had things to do to check in. We all had to participate in um, cleaning of the house. We all had chores. We all had specific things. She clothed us. I mean, when I say clothed, this, she did help pick out there were certain standards we could not wear we were not allowed out of the house certain ways but the priorities of being at church Mm -hmm. setting that standard for us she represented so much of what we thought a mother and i used to think when you were talking about the huxtables that was the one show because of my dad being a doctor and my mom who she wasn't a working mom but i used to have this image of that was my mom running the show with talking with all the kids and the looks that Claire Huxtable would give her children of uh, the oh no you didn't. I did not see that come out of your mouth and her little eye, her eyes would get so big. But I think so much of what our mothers have raised us to be, the influence that they have she they have had on our lives for our children, do you find do you have that thought process of their days when you sit there and go, I have become my mother? Oh, I am my mother. <laughs>
1: It's not become I am. There are moments when I feel like I'm having an out-of-body experience. Your mother has listening. invaded your life. I'm listening to my mother come out of me in such a real way that it's not even like it's not me. It, it, it is her in me. It's crazy. And I think she did this to me she caused this (laughs) she said she was gonna do this to me she She cursed me that i would have at least one just like me and i have three in all different ways she has become me and Mm -hmm. i am gone and now i am my mother and here we are i know i'm with you it, it is the most bizarre thing but um it's good and, and that's, is. that's the weirdest part about it is that somehow growing up and deciding that, you know, I was going to be so different than my family and I was going to grow up and I was going to do all these things. And then you get married and you have kids and you realize the values that they had are really the values that you have.
0: And that you want to instill and that you in your want. children. You want Absolutely. those. Absolutely.
1: You would almost fight for those for you and for your kids because, That is the most important thing. And Mm -hmm. just because, you know, as a child, I didn't appreciate the format in which I was being given these lessons. And I would have preferred them to be done in a um, different context. Or, you know, I wish my mom would have spoken a lot more like me.
0: Mm -hmm. I wish she would have
1: been a lot more of a feeler. My mom is a thinker. Mm -hmm. Um, I am very intuitive. My mother is very sensing. You know, we're very different people. But... I, I think that's one of the things that I've realized as I've gotten older, mm-hmm. you know, as I've re- really started to be my own mm-hmm. woman, you mm-hmm. know, and it takes about 40 years to figure out what that is. And about two Only more to 40? <laughs> It took me 40. Only 40? Yeah, <laughs> It took me 40 to figure out who I was. Wait and a minute. Then two I'm, years still to go,
0: I, I don't think I like that. <laughs> Yo, yeah, I don't know if I want to know what the next 10 years are like, yeah. but you're right. It's so much of where... The values that we didn't appreciate growing up, so much of what we've learned, whether we agreed or disagreed with them at the time of growing up, Mm -hmm. so much of what we walked through with them is so much of what we do value now with our own children through Mm -hmm. all of that. Um, I think it's that tape.
1: You know, Jenny and I talk a lot about a mental tape. Yeah and that you know you've heard people probably say that you've got that little devil on your shoulder that's talking to you You and trying to to get you yeah and trying to get you to do things Mm -hmm. that you wouldn't naturally do and then you've got that little angel on the other side and and i really think that that's a little bit overused but i know for myself i really do have a tape in my head that plays and um when i became a wife um my mother's voice mm-hmm. started playing in my head about how oh. I should keep my house. Oh. And um, the things that I had been brought up knowing started coming out. Well, then when I became a mother, you know, Dr. Spock
0: oh, yes. joined that
1: little committee in my head. And and as you know, you get to church, then you start adding different types of um, teachings. Yes. You know, and if you're the structured mommy or if you're the, you know, Demand, Mommy, you know, whichever one of those, those people will get under your little committee. And mm-hmm. you, you have this tape that starts playing that is almost highlighting where you think your inadequacies are. Yeah. And nobody really has to honestly say those words to you. It's your perception. But you hear them. And, and you are in do. your head. Mm-hmm. And constantly grading myself. Yes. Became a big part of mothering.
0: Well, and, and you and I have talked about the power of the voice, because mm-hmm. that was one of the things that, with our mental tapes, how strong that voice becomes in our head, whether it's from our moms, whether it's from other relationships, other people of influence in our lives, but the power of a voice that it has that that can build us up or tear us down and how much we've allowed so much of that to come in that, that devil on the side. And the angel on the side that are talking to us, listening, hearing, and and sharing with us and speaking to us on that. Um, But the power of a voice is an incredible Mm -hmm. part of who we've become. And from our moms, we've learned quite a bit. Learned a lot of wonderful things that have brought us into um, where we are as our own moms with our own kids and everything. Do you find um your children repeating things that you've said that you can already see 20 years from now? They're going to become you.
1: Oh, I think they already are. Yeah. Um I took a big group last night to a concert here in town and uh afterwards I was debriefing with my children about okay, and that child will never be in our car again. <laughs> and and let's just go over the reasons why. Mm-hmm. And Both of my children could pick out different things that that child was doing, saying or believed that were going to be detrimental Mm -hmm. to a friendship with my child. And they were not putting positive seeds into my child's life. Mm -hmm. They were not valuing my child, disrespecting them, saying things that were um, not appropriate. Yeah. And so I think that it does start young because, you know. I have a 12-year-old and a 10-year-old. Yeah. So at this age, my 12-year-old and my 10-year-old are already starting to see wow, this could affect me. Mm-hmm. The 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 girls that I hang out with, the guys that I hang out mm-hmm. with and potentially date, what they say to me and how they treat me, that could go onto my tape. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think they start to see, you know, this is what mama doesn't like. This is what mama's really um tuned into and trying to keep us from and trying to show us that this is going to cause us harm down the road. So I think they're starting to get that, whether or not they can process it down yeah. at a level that is, um, you know, going to benefit them later. I, I don't know. Yeah. But can they see it? I think so. Can they grasp it? Yeah. And do they repeat, repeat it to it? you? Yes. yes. I definitely do at 12 and 10. I think they can.
0: It's It's amazing what our children pick up. I, don't rem- I remember picking up things growing up and talking with my mom. I had a great open relationship with mom where I felt safe where I could talk and share things, even about what friends, other friends were doing, other friends were saying, yeah. how that affected me in a relationship, mm-hmm. which is so much what I desire for my own children. Yeah. And I have the two boys and the girl. Having the boy conversations are a little bit different than the girl conversations because I have to pull that information out in different ways. But the influences that our children are already experiencing. Mm-hmm. I was talking to um, another mom the other day, wondering what our mothers would be like in this age and generation, because where we grew up, we didn't have the phone, the internet, all the stuff that it mm-hmm. would our mothers have done anything differently. You think in their raising of us compared to what we have to raise our own children with the, the boundaries, the filters that we have to put on, our own children, do you think they would have done things differently? Um, I don't know. I guess I, I would call it parallel.
1: You know, mm-hmm. um, I remember when, you know, when we were growing up in the 80s, that was the beginning of video games. It was the beginning oh, yes. of, do you remember, the boom boxes?
0: All, all of that See, and the music um,
1: coming out. Cassettes. We just mm-hmm. made the switch from eight tracks to cassettes. cassettes. Oh, so yes. all of that was happening. And I remember I was not allowed to have the Atari. No, nope, we never had one either. My father really felt like the Atari was just going to take time away from the things family that were important, mm-hmm. which were studying, my athletics, mm-hmm. family time, and chores. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. really the four things that took up most of. Our time, our time. Mm-hmm. and where I grew up in West Virginia, church was pretty much a Sunday thing, yeah, there wasn't something on Wednesday nights at the church, and there weren't you know things like upward uh, basketball or anything like that it was it was really just church on Sunday. so um the four things that really took over my life at that point and, and really shaped me were um those,
0: those four. four things
1: yeah and my father was right of a, a video game
0: mm-hmm.
1: and an Atari would have taken away time for one of those four things and it wasn't worth the priority so you know my children laugh because yes we do have a we yeah but the funny part is it is not something that we play with every day
0: Mm -mm, and when we
1: do play with it we play with it as a family yes and it's very much a inconsequential thing, but you know I'm one of the last holdouts. And I realize that I have a twelve and a half year old without a cell phone. That's I not am a bad thing. Mor- That's not am a bad totally thing. I'm totally in the minority, and I'm okay with this. Yeah. Because I absolutely recognize that when I give my child a cell phone, I will be looking at the top of their head for the rest, rest of, of the time yes. that I have them in my house. Yes. I realize it's a great punishment tool. Now, I'm not going to pay money every month for a punishing tool, <laughs> but I hear it's great and it works wonderfully well.
0: Well, but I mean, the cell phones really are mm-hmm. texting and I should know where my children are without yeah. having to call them and find out where they are. In the house. In the house. Right. And not text you to say, hey, come down for dinner. Mm-hmm. Really? Really? But
1: yeah, yeah, I remember dreaming about one day having a house that had a PA system that I could just push the button and say, kids, come down for dinner. And now I realize, why do that? Everybody's got a cell phone. You know, most families, you just send a group text.
0: Well, it's the power of the voice. You can holler up the stairs and they're going to hear you just as loud and clear. Speaking of that PA system, we had one in the house, (laughs) one of the first ones we ever had. And I could hear my children upstairs. They were not asleep. At nighttime, they didn't know how the PA system worked until we punched a button. And I said, this is God. I can see you and I can hear you. And all of a sudden you hear this. That's really mommy talking. (laughs) And I was like, no, it's not. This is not your mother. This is not your mother. She may sound that he may sound like God may sound like your mother, but this is really not your mother. But, you know, I mean, and that's. I wonder, my mom and I, we've had conversations because now my mom has the grandchildren mm-hmm. that have the cell phones. Oh, yeah. And she's had to learn how to look at them and go, I'm sorry, I need face to face time with you, not the texting part of it. Although she's had to get on the bandwagon if she wants to have a relationship and even as a part of her relationship with her grandchildren, she's had to learn how to text. She's had to learn how to media, do all the media stuff, and be able to be a part of it because that's what the kids are all living with. Mm -hmm. The mom's favorite answer was, like, I don't know the answer. I'll just Google it.
1: Which is great because, you know, here we have these great women who raised us. And now they're becoming grandmothers, which is a totally different role. And my mother Uh, is a completely different grandmother than she was a mother.
0: My mother was not this good. I mean, she's worse. She's great as a grandmother, but spoils her grandkids. Mm -hmm. She didn't spoil us.
1: No, no. And and I think that's that's a really neat uh, paradigm shift for them to go from being absolutely responsible for our character development and the ability for us to be self-sufficient, which Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, those were the two most important things in my parents' lives, Mm -hmm. was character development and self-sufficiency. Yes. They could have cared less what degree I got. I was just going to get one, and I was going to finish it within five years, or they weren't going to pay. Right. (laughs) Right. And they were going to be bound and determined that my middle name would be Heather Financially Independent Davis. Yes. (laughs) That was the most important thing for my father. Financially independent, which, you know, if you asked him right now, he'd probably say, We're still, we're still,
0: we are still walking down (laughs) that road. We're still
1: loving you that way. We still have hope.
0: We never give up. But, you know,
1: I, I think it's great because now that they're grandparents, they're not cared at all about character development. They don't care at all about financial independence. They just want to say, that one looks so cute on you. Oh, absolutely. And can we take you up here and do this fun thing with you? And Because and they get I to bring them that. back. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Spoiled and ruined.
0: Yeah, that we have to deprogram them when and they then, come back.
1: And then we have to do deprogramming and boot camp to get Ugh. them ready to go back into the real world. That of is us. yes. Parenting so that they're financially independent and have good character.
0: (laughs) You know, and I'm amazed because you and I know several folks that are grandparents that have taken on the responsibility as parenting again Mm -hmm. for uh, their own grandkids. And it's such a – I don't remember, one, growing up hearing a lot about, you know, older folks that had parenting responsibilities like I do today – we're so much of we've got grandparents that have taken on the responsibilities as parenting. Again, their parenting has not stopped because grandparents and they've had to step in and roles as parents mm-hmm. um, and be on top of it. And it, I'm, I'm constantly amazed and in awe of those folks that we know that, that they've had to be able to do that. Um, one of the things I was thinking about as far as our, our voices, that the impact that has on it. And what we say with our children, the influences that are the outside world, the influences that we, that you and I now have to deal with with our children, the Facebook, um, what's even more is the ones at school that have come in, the bullying at school, you had, and I want you to share it because it meant so much to me that I was able to share it with, um, with my daughter, was... When yours tried out for cheerleading, and the impact, one, that she had when you were telling me about it, but she tried out for cheerleading, didn't make it. And you got to see, you saw other girls treat others a certain way. Yeah, it was a, a
1: very unique experience. And, you know, I, I can't say that there was a lot of forethought that went into this, but apparently it's a tradition. So forethought really not necessary mm-hmm. if, if you've begun a tradition, I guess, but In the town that uh, we're in, the school has a week-long clinic for cheerleading tryouts, and then at the end of that, everybody does their tryout, and then the whole group goes to a restaurant to eat. Mm -hmm. So there was this really big table full of girls that had all just tried out for cheerleader, and you know, I think like 25 kids tried out, and they had like 15 spots. So they're all sitting there, and you realize that 10 of these girls are not going to make it. Yeah. So you're looking at almost... 40% 40% are mm-hmm. not going to make it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then, you know, all the parents are kind of dispersed through the rest of the restaurant. So they were probably there 15, 20 minutes. We've ordered drinks. The parents' tables have already ordered food. But, of course, the kids' tables just have the cheese dip and um, salsa. And so they're, they're kind of all hitting around. And then it starts. And you see all these little middle school girls start looking on their phones. Mm-hmm. And you start hearing the screams. And you start to realize that people know who's made it and who hasn't. So my daughter did not make it, and I was very disheartened for her, and even her little sister was just devastated for her. So um, she comes over and tells me she didn't make it, and I said, oh, baby, I'm so sorry. And she says, it's okay. And um, she looks back to all of her friends sitting at the big table, and she says, okay, well, I'm going to go back over there. And it was like, disappointment, disappointment realization, uh-huh. I'm going back to be with my friends. Uh-huh. Relationship. Yeah. And so she went back over. Well, within about five minutes, you saw all of the other girls who didn't make it. All of the other girls and all of their parents leave the restaurant. And they all left. And so I sent my younger daughter over to see if that's what my oldest wanted to do.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And she said, oh, no, 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 I'm fine. So she continued to stay. And... Within about five, ten minutes, she realized she was the only one there that didn't make it. But she was really there for the relationship of it, which I think is one of the biggest strong suits for my daughter, is that she's really about relationship. Mm -hmm. She really cares about the
0: people people,
1: involved, her friends, and she does. She looks at them as a friend. She doesn't care if they made it or didn't make it. She just wanted to be with them. So I think that was probably one of those proud moments you get. Yeah, In the middle of this didn't go the way you wanted it to. And I'm really, really yeah. sorry. Yeah. You get to see. Character. A, well, and, you know, I talk a lot about this, but you get to see that glimmer of who they're going to be. Yes. When they grow up. Yes. And you realize, OK, I could care less that she's not going to be a cheerleader in the seventh grade because that little girl right there is going to be a fine woman. Yes. And so I think that was the beauty mm-hmm. that came in a really bad moment. Yeah but i'm hoping that you know we we grab those moments yeah you know for those of us who kind of are busy in the middle of parenting or we have multiples <laughs> you're running a zone defense and you're parenting that when you get those moments you can show them mm-hmm. that that's the important thing that just happened here tonight and i was so proud of her even her dad was just so proud of the way she handled yeah. it um and 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 that's the thing your your kids will not make everything they try out for no, they're not going to. And if you only let them try out for the things that you know they're going to make, have you really set them up for what life is about?
0: Right. Right. You know? Well, and we talk about, you know, and that's, we've got a lot, of we've got friends that have talked about that I never, that they grew up never learning how to fail, never learning what it means to be disappointed. Never, they didn't learn what it means to fail at something, lose at something, be on the losing team and become a team player. And even they struggle so much in the walk today as their adult life. They can't keep jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, they struggle with relationships with their spouses. Mm-hmm. Um, they struggle with their children trying to say trying to maintain a balance of hey, you may be on a losing team when they haven't experienced it themselves. Yeah. Um, and it amazes me. One, I think it amazes me how um, how the character of our children are so is becoming so critical for the heart of who they're going to become. These young men and women that are this next generation that are going to lead our country. that are going to lead our churches that are going to be fathers and mothers and aunts and uncles and the impact they have that so much, even from where you and I've talked so much for is that we get so caught up in fighting a behavior that we miss out on fighting for their heart. We miss out and, and it becomes, as we've talked about, the voice and becomes that the fighting for the flesh and blood fighting for mm-hmm. we're fighting that losing battle. Oh, yeah. Of of the specific things that if, like you said, picking up on that moment of that one glimpse of a moment. It would have been very
1: easy for her to come away from that thinking this was, and when we're talking about flesh and blood, that it was only a physical thing. Right. She she did not make cheerleader. That is the physical Physical. reality that happened that night. Mm -hmm. But the spiritual truth that happened that night, much more important and eternal in value, not one year in her life, but eternal in value is that she knew how to value people Above an accomplishment. Yes. And I know lots of women who can't do that. No. And so that's that moment where, you know, as a mom, you just want to reach in there and grab it and show it to them and go, I am well pleased in this. Mm -hmm. I could Careless Careless that you didn't make cheerleader. I am so excited and so proud for this that I'm going to tell every single one of my friends because I wouldn't have been able to do that at 12. I'm just going to be honest.
0: At 12 years old,
1: I would have been devastated, crying and have left the building like every other little girl there. And there's nothing wrong with what they did. Don't hear me say there's anything wrong. I just got to see something really extra special in my child. And I, I, you know, I'd like to say you can't teach that, but... I really kind of feel like the people who God's put in her life have really helped shape her Mm -hmm. to where she is all about relationship. And I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, what what's in store for her down the road because she can do that, because she can value people over that. And, you know, I'm not saying that I'm trying to raise some kid that is not competitive and doesn't have any goals and doesn't want to go after accomplishments because she does. Right. Um, I'm just saying that, you know, there are those moments Mm -hmm. that you got to grab. Yeah. And. You know, for me, I pray that God makes me sensitive to those mm-hmm. because I am busy and I am running a zone defense with three children and two parents yeah. and two careers. Yeah. yeah. And they're all in different, you know, areas. I've got one in preschool, one in intermediate school, and one in middle school. Yeah. So, you know, we're stretched a little thin. Um, so that that's the most important thing is when you have the opportunity, I think, to speak those kind of truths into yeah. a child's life, take it run with it
0: well and that's and you've just hit on I think a critical point that is so valuable that where our lives are because I'm right there with you full-time job single mom of three yeah with parents and high school that I've you know it hit I've got two grade schools I got two years left of one mm-hmm. that and and the dating and all of that and to, and to find those moments where I can love on them encourage them when I see those character moments, encourage them that, Hey, I love you. Be- not because you've done anything. Mm-hmm. I just love you and who you're becoming. And it's funny. Cause when I'll, I'll share my kids with them. I'm like, I just love you. And they're like, why I just do. Mm-hmm. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of the young man. You're becoming mm-hmm. that God is shaping your heart. The young woman that God is shaping you mm-hmm. to be and grabbing those moments. Because before long, they're going to be gone.
1: Or they're going to be listening to other people. Other people. And that <clears throat> Which I think is really powerful that we need to, you know, and, and try early yeah. to speak truth in your child's life. And, you know, for me, I'm, I'm learning so much about inviting other people that are adults and trustworthy um, individuals to have a voice yes. in their life. Yes. Um, because, you know, we are approaching that age with my 12 year old where she looks at me when I say a certain um, truth to her mm-hmm. and she thinks, oh, my mother said, "Da da 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 da," <laughs> and it, it doesn't matter what it is that I'm saying. It, it's the fact that it came from mother. Mm-hmm. But if certain other cool hip moms speak yeah. that into their life, then it's like they've heard a new truth. Exactly, and they'll come share it with me, and I'm like, "I just is told that you that What I had said—that is you? what
0: I had said to you. And yes. I just
1: want to be so specific with them, but. You know, it's important that they get a multitude of voices, male and female, Yes, women who are stay-at-home moms, women who have careers, women who are business owners, Mm -hmm. you know, different voices with the power of conviction to say, this is who I am. Mm -hmm. This is how I was made, you know,
0: and becoming so grounded in who they are. What they believe in. And I think you're absolutely right about how much an importance having other influences in their lives that value who they are, mm-hmm. that ha- want to invest in their lives just as much as we have been asked to invest in their children's lives or mm-hmm. others' lives to be a part of it. It is that whole village. It is that whole community. It is yeah. a part of all of that. It is community at its
1: best. It is. Community at its best is. A group of people who share a common belief and a common interest in the development of their children. You know, that I know without a shadow of a doubt that I've got three other families Mm -hmm. that if something happened to my husband and I needed to be with him at a hospital, I've got three other families Mm -hmm. that at a moment's notice... I could say, I don't even have my kids with me. Ones at daycare and two are in school. I need mm-hmm. you to go get them mm-hmm.
0: and it would and be take done. Take
1: care of them, and I'll call you when I can. And without hesitation, each yes. one of them would say, "Okay, I got it."
0: Which, and that's. That's where getting to that, breaking out of that scary zone where we've gotten so much. I think where we're scared to let others come in, mm-hmm. because of all the other bad stuff that's been out there, and we hear about the sexual predators. We hear about all that stuff. So we're, so many folks are so scared. They've become isolated. They hunker down and bury down, which is so lonely. <laughs> It well, breaks it, my heart
1: that somebody... It's just the power of fear. It is. Yes, Latting there that are control. people out there in this world. Yeah. And yeah, you might even get an app that you can put on your phone and you can see how many live within five miles of you. And yes, that could scare you. It could scare you into an isolation. But when that happens, mm-hmm. you are limited to the giftings that you and your husband have. Yes. And yeah, they may be pretty powerful in conjunction, but... Anytime you add multiple layers of other people's giftings with a common belief and a common vision,
0: it's just just, powerful. And it builds and it encourages and it gives such an incredible fortress and a foundation Mm -hmm. and a just and empowering. I think that is incredible for our children growing up to realize, Mm -hmm. hey, I've had all this. Well, and I have value in other people's lives. I matter.
1: Absolutely. I matter. I and, matter.
0: And my choices matter. They make a difference in somebody's lives. It's not mm-hmm. just about me. Yay. It's about what matters to yeah. somebody else. And mm-hmm. that I have that kind of influence just as somebody had in me. I have that influence in somebody else's life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have that. And it's an amazing thing. It's so much. T- I wonder if this is what it like two generations mm-hmm. ago. You know, that was when all the families lived in all the neighborhoods. And we talk about neighborhoods where you could, everybody sits on the front porches and all the kids are running through the neighborhoods. And everybody's out, Mm -hmm. you know, they all, it was such an open I don't know the open environment, but it was such a place where it was safe. It felt safe. Well, my
1: dad says that um, something happened in America. He calls it the transition mm-hmm. before the downfall. <laughs> he makes it so macabre, you know, but he swears that the backyard that got fenced in yeah. was the breakdown of America I, because yeah. nobody fenced in their backyards when they were growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad lived in this little small neighborhood and there was actually a, a community. Uh, Garden In the middle of this neighborhood and everybody worked it and everybody got the vegetables and the fruit out of Mm -hmm. it in the summer. But in the fall, after they tilled it up, kids and parents involved, everybody tilled it up. They played baseball and they played dodgeball and they all got together. Absolutely. Every kid in the neighborhood was there. And they they came home when the lights Mm -hmm. came on. Do you remember that? Oh, oh, you came in for dinner when the lights came on and you never played in the house. Everybody played outside. And that's actually how my parents met. Mm -hmm. They met playing on the neighborhood block. So, you know, he swears that that's what happened. We really started to build up our own little fortress instead Mm -hmm. of building a community. And when we did that, we started walling each other off and not going after Um, The friends and the family, you know, not just Mm -hmm. biological, but the um, The chosen family, the community community of people to help raise, um, you know, he swears by that. And, you know, there is some there's some some truth truth in that.
0: There's some truth to that.
1: Yeah. I, I keep telling my girls, you know, they think they've got it bad
0: because oh.
1: they get so mad at me when they do something wrong. I do tell my friends and, and I tell the ones that are going to speak truth to them. <laughs> and I do it pretty quickly. Well, but and they I'm... get real mad about that. But I keep telling them how much better off they are because I remember getting paddled one day oh, in yeah. school growing up because I'll never forget this kid named Joey Keener. He said that gymnasts were wimps, and I had had um, a cast on my arm. And and so I smacked him over the head with my cast, and I was like, I'll show you wimpy. <laughs> Knocked his little butt cold out. That's not wimpy, I'll tell you that. But I got paddled. Got paddled by the teacher, got paddled by the principal, and then I had to sit in um, the bad chair for the rest of the day. So I went home, and I went to my grandmother's after school because my mom worked, and I told my grandma what happened. She spanked me. Mm-hmm. Then um, when I was going home, I was walking home past like three houses. Then another mom who was pretty good friends with my mom had heard what happened. Because, of course, her daughter ratted me out. She spanked me. She spanked me. Then I got home and my mom spanked me. And do you know what dreaded words she said? Just wait till your your father father comes home. (laughs) So I got spanked by him. So that really shaped me because that one bad choice That one impulsive act had so many consequences before it was really over and done. Mm -hmm. And so I I really never did that again. (laughs) You know, somebody could say something nasty to me and my response was not going to ever be the same. Right. Because I had learned my lesson. Right. Well, nowadays, we don't have time and we've isolated ourselves that the consequences are never,
0: they're never powerful.
1: Right. It's never long affecting enough. No that we think about it. I mean, I'm 41 years old and I still remember the day that I hit Joey Keener
0: <laughs> with cast. Well, and I think that's where so much of, because I have the same thing and 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 we are blessed that we are we have our family so close together that mine mm-hmm. are kids that I know that you would speak truth to and Absolutely. I would speak truth to yours because they all can look at each other and they're going to get the same look from you and I because it's like, it's not coming over. But it's funny because my 16-year-old had one conversation about, and it was one time sharing with um, the relationship that he was in a while back ago, and and that ended when, and I was so proud, it was a very hard and difficult walk that he Mm -hmm. had to walk on to get through that. But I remember him going, why did you have to share with Miss Heather? And I'm like, (laughs) one, because they're my friends, and we hold each other accountable, and they're that. I said, but two... She's going to speak truth to you as well, too. And you've got influences in your life that love you, that desire your heart to follow God's heart, Mm -hmm. that want the best for you. Why would I not? Yeah. Why would I not want the best for you? And, you know, like...
1: I don't ever want to think that my parents were geniuses, but sometimes I think they were evil geniuses. (laughs) They put me me in these great opportunities. Mm -hmm. You know, I was in cheerleading and gymnastics. And one of the very first things that you learn in gymnastics is how to fall. Yes. It is the most important thing that you're ever going to learn in gymnastics. Because no matter if you only do it for one year, five Mm -hmm. years, 10 years, 15 Mm -hmm. years, the tricks get harder and harder. Mm-hmm. The most important thing is you got to know how to fall so you don't get hurt. Yeah, and I think that's part of the power I agree. that we have as adults speaking truth into young adults and into teenagers and the tweens. And it is that we can teach them how to fall well. Yes, and fall forward. Yes, you know. Um, I think that's the most powerful gift that we can give somebody is showing them that even in their mistakes, there are ways to own it. Yeah, that it. That it can take the consequence of it and turn it for good. God really does that. He really, really gives you the power to do that if you have other people who have that relationship before the fall happens. Well, but if you wait, yeah, then it's it's almost like a punishment to the child. Mm-hmm. So you don't want that to happen. You really just want to surround them with people that, when they fall, can give them the hope of how to work this in a way that they can own the truth. Yeah. They can accept a consequence and it can be an ability to gain something, whether it's character development, um, a new perspective, or even a, a skill that they can use in later life.
0: As we wrap up this show and I'm, I'm amazed that, and you and I've had conversations, how influencing these power, these voices are in our lives and things like that. And the impact that our children have, from us and from those around us. If you could give to a woman that's listening today, mom or not, um, working, single, all of the aspects of a woman that's listening to our show today, I'm going to give you an opportunity. What would you encourage for them to be able, as they go forward, that they would gain one encouragement? from listening to us today that you would hope that they would walk away with? Well, my hope would be that they wouldn't think,
1: oh my gosh, I'm failing.
0: Yes. There's so
1: much that I haven't been doing and I never even thought about it that way because, you know, so many times I never think about it that way. So my hope would be that you could see that um, God has got this. Yeah. Yeah and that there are probably people that he's put in your life that if you approach them and said, "Hey, I think I might want you to be someone that would that would walk with me in the way I raise my children and I I'd like to invest in your children's lives." that they're probably already there. Mm-hmm. Um so, you know, just be a little bit vulnerable and ask for that. But but also know that there's absolutely nothing nothing that um is not possible with God. Yeah. You know, all through the Old Testament, it would say that um this is possible this is possible this is possible with god and then in the new testament it says there is nothing that is not possible mm-hmm. so it just gets bigger you know whatever you could ask or imagine god will do in your children's lives mm-hmm. um, and if you're not a mom that is awesome look at the sphere of influence that you have because yeah. it's not always kids right you know paul never got married in the Bible. Timothy, we don't know what happened with him. But that relationship, that mentor-mentee relationship mm-hmm. is incredibly powerful. Look and see who God's got around you, because I'll bet there's some investment that you can make in someone's life. And even as a young teen, there's people that you can be investing in, mm-hmm. that it will absolutely pay dividends in this world. Um, there's a scripture in the Old Testament in Isaiah 55, 11, where it says that um, never will my word ever be sent out. And this is God speaking. He says, my word will never be sent out where it will return void. It will always bear a harvest in its time. So I promise there is absolutely nothing that can come against you when you are putting out the truth of God's word into a child's life, into a young adult's life, that it's not going to bear a harvest. Even if you don't see it, it will bring a harvest and it will be at the appointed time. So there is no way to fail when you're doing investment. Invest the best you've got and let it go.
0: And, you know, the encouragement that you've just said, I would echo, and, and there's, you've said it perfectly. I mean, just that, that those that are listening would know that they are valued, mm-hmm. that they are worthy, and that they are loved, and that they mean something and can invest and be a part of someone's life, and that they are a voice. No, they have a voice. Give what you've got. Give what you've got. And that is good, and it will be used, and it will be honoring and glorifying and all that you do. Well, we are excited that you were able to eavesdrop on our conversation today. We hope that you will look forward to joining us the next time. Until then, we will see you again. Bye-bye.